Hi, everyone. Welcome to How to College First Gen, our podcast where we get together over some coffee and have some real conversations about what it's like to be a first gen college student and what that means before, during, and after college. If you're a new listener, our goal here is to democratize some knowledge that we've gained along the way, learn a bit more about the first gen experience, and hopefully help others going through some of the challenges we experienced before by sharing lessons learned from fellow first gen. Today, we'll be discussing the topic of being a first-generation international student during the time of COVID-19 and getting the perspectives of some first-gen friends on how they dealt with the topic in different phases of life, namely before and during college. Being a first-generation student comes with its unique challenges, and being an international student on top of that adds further complexity. And the global pandemic has added even more layers to the experiences and decisions of first-generation international students. With that being said, let's dive in. So hi, Mario. Thank you so much for agreeing to be on the podcast today. Hi, yeah. It's an honor being here. To start off, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, and your interest in pursuing college? My name is Mario Flores. Currently in my last year of high school, a senior. And my plans for college, going to a college in the United States and pursuing a degree in biomedical sciences. And I come from a border town in northern Mexico. And that's where both my parents went to a small community college in there. However, my father didn't finish the school. And my mother did. And I also have three siblings, all younger than me. And I'm hoping that they see me as an example and follow my footsteps and also go to college. Yeah, I feel like being a first-generation student, and especially on top of that, being the first in your family among the siblings, is something that is not only significant and important, but also is challenging at the same time. So I think it's a big decision to decide to go to college in the first place, but when did you first start thinking about applying to a school in the United States? So I had the idea of going to college since a young age. My father didn't finish college, and so telling me to go to college, it's worth it, and how he doesn't want me to make the same mistake that he did, and how he doesn't want me to go through the same hardships that he did because of that mistake. I had the idea of going to college since I was in elementary, when instability and violence started to rise in Mexico, especially in my city. It's one of the hotspots in the violence of the nation. I saw how my opportunities began to dwindle. So I decided that it would be better if I went to study in a school in the United States. Is the reason why you decided to apply to a school in the United States as a first-generation college student a mix of what your father told you and what you saw growing up? My father is like my main motivator to go to college. And, well, I want to go to college, and I know that education in the United States might be better than the education in Mexico. So that's why I decided it will be better in the United States. Did you think of other alternative plans besides going to school in the United States? Yeah, I had other plans. If I could not go to school in the United States, if that would not be possible. I had the idea of going to a college in Mexico. I know there are some good schools in there too. Like I had one, it's called the Tecnológico de Monterrey or Monterrey Institute of Technology, a really good school in Mexico. Did you think about applying there or for you, were you pretty sure that, hey, I want to go to school in the United States? Well, I'm pretty sure I want to go to school in the United States. I'm not discarding the idea of applying to that school. 
like I said, it might not be possible to stay again in the United States. Got it. Then in your decision of applying to school in the United States, and with Corona happening right now, so if you go to school in the United States, you would have to move and be further away from your family. Did you discuss this with anybody, your decision to attend school in the United States? I discussed this primarily with my family. We are like, really united, so we discussed these things, my parents and I. And they seem to be fairly supportive despite coronavirus happening and, you know, the troubles that might happen because of the pandemic. For sure. So did you discuss with anybody else at school? Did you have a counselor or your friends or anybody that you discussed this with besides your family? No, not really. Then how did you prepare applying to schools in the United States? Did you have someone to ask for help or did you do your own research? It was mostly my own research. Well, my mom also has a friend who's a counselor in a high school in the United States. So she will ask her for help about any information about studying in the United States. So did you tell your friends that you were going to attend school in the United States during the pandemic? I don't really talk about it with my friends. So I guess as a united family, you guys came to the conclusion that even though there's a pandemic going on, still this will be the best for your education. Yeah, I think now the education is one of my main goals, something really important to me. They will support me no matter what, if I want to go to a school in the United States or not. Do you have any other concerns about applying to school in the United States or maybe especially during the pandemic? My main concern about it is having to move from where I live to the United States. It will be a long travel and having to pay. It will be a car ride or draw airplane and that will be expensive and also dangerous considering there's a virus going on. So public transportation is dangerous at the moment. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people are feeling the nervousness of travel, especially across borders. So are you currently in the course of applying to school or did you already apply? I'm still in the process of doing my research on schools and making a list of the schools that I want to apply. How has the research been, especially with being difficult for you to physically visit the schools, especially with the pandemic? In the webpage of the schools, there's a virtual tour of the school, and I use them to see the school. And there's also information online, and they have webinars of the admissions offices explaining what they need to do to apply and some of the trades of the school. So I found it not that challenging. What I found challenging, though, is finding a school that will fit me. What do you mean by finding a school that will fit you? Something um. It's really important to me is having a, a community of people that are, are like me. So finding other schools with a maybe not big Latino community, but a school where there is one and there's united people. Mm-hmm. I feel like picking a school, definitely there are a lot of different factors. Does a school teach what I want to major in or... Where is the geographic location? Can I afford the school? To Is this the kind of community that I want to be a part of? Seems like you definitely gave some thought of how you want to research for the schools, pick the schools that you want to go to, and how to apply. Yeah. So then, I know that you are still pretty sure about applying to schools in the United States, but did the global pandemic influence your decision at all, in general, or in the U.S.? The pandemic brought our lives to a stop. So it gave us a lot of time to self-reflect on what we want in the future. 
And for me, it gave me more time to do one of my favorite pastimes, which is, and this is a bit boring, but watching the news. Mm -hmm. In today's news, I saw how the United States was dealing with the pandemic, with coronavirus. And all these things that were going on in the United States, like the protests and the riots. And then we wondered that is the United States the perfect place I thought it was? I think that's a very valid question, especially because you are making a big change compared to some of the other first-generation students. It's a big decision to do something that nobody in your family has ever done by pursuing a college degree, but also for you, on top of that, right, you have to make the big decision of going to school in another country and being an immigrant there. And especially with the pandemic and the social justice movement happening. And also, on top of that, the president has been pretty strict with the changes that he has been making to the immigration policies. Has that had any influence on your view of applying to school in the United States? It did have some influence in my view. Like for example, when the president had a ban during the summer of the F1 visas, my parents asked me to change my opinion, tried to persuade me to maybe it's better to stay in Mexico, considering how hard it will be to be in the United States due to the changes that were happening in the immigration policy. Is there a reason why, even though they had those concerns and you yourself saw that there were all these changes being made, you still decided to stick to your decision of going to school in the United States? Mainly the American dream. The idea that, you know, in the United States, you can achieve great things. There are a lot of opportunities in the United States. And I know that I have seen it. My cousins um, live in the United States and I have seen them grow. So then did the pandemic impact your degree plan in any way? Yeah, the pandemic surely made me consider having a gap year, mainly to wait till until things get better. Mm-hmm. And my degree plan, like I mentioned at the beginning, I want to pursue a degree in, in the biomedical sciences. Mm-hmm. So seeing news about a virus made me see how important it was the biomedicine and my scientific research on viruses. So it motivated me more to pursue that degree. Yes, COVID has really made a lot of people rethink about different aspects of their lives. So is there any chance that maybe if things go one way or another, you decide to stay in Mexico and go to school in Monterrey? Or have you thought of any plan Bs maybe? We do have a plan B, which is studying my basics in the same small community college that my parents went to. And then from there, transfer my grades to a different school, whether it be in Mexico or the United States. Yeah, I feel like I covered most of the questions that I have prepared. Do you have anything you'd like to share with the audience about applying to school as an international first-generation student, how you feel about it, especially during the pandemic? Mostly to not be discouraged by the things that are going on and to be sure about your goals and not let anything stop you from achieving those goals. Because in the end, it's you who you're working for, not those other things. That's a great advice. At the end of the day, there's always something that's going to be going on. It can be a pandemic, it could be a natural disaster, whatever it is. But the best we can do is basically try our best and keep on trying. Well, Mario, thank you so much for your time today. It was wonderful to have you on the podcast and hopefully this was a great experience for you as well. It was and thank you for inviting me. Hi, 
Hi, Tona. Thank you so much for agreeing to be a part of the podcast. Can you first tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, Mijin. Thank you so much for inviting me. A little bit about myself. I was born in Ireland, and I lived there until I was about 13 years old. And then I moved to Nigeria, and I actually lived there for five years before coming to the U.S. for college. That's really interesting. Is there some kind of a reason why you were? In Ireland, and then moved to Nigeria, and then to the United States. I would say there wasn't really any reason. My parents, when my mom was pregnant with me, she just decided to move to Ireland, and that was like a decision that they made, kind of like as a family. I think that my parents started working in Nigeria more, so they started getting a lot of more contracted jobs in Nigeria. So they were just there more, and I'm the youngest in my family, so most of my siblings had moved out by then. So I naturally just went to Nigeria with them, just to be closer to them and be around them more. And would you mind telling the audience a little bit about where you go to school and what you major in and things like that? I currently go to uh, Rice University, so that's in Houston, Texas. I am currently in my junior year, and I'm studying chemical engineering. Is there a reason why you decided to? Go to school in the United States and major in chemical engineering. When it comes to going to school in the United States, it was never really something I planned. In high school in Nigeria, I was applying to different schools in different countries. So I had applied to the UK, I had applied to Canada, and I had also applied to the US. So the US is kind of just something that happened, and I just kind of went with it. But in terms of my major, so I initially came in as bioengineering. However, after first semester and then half. Way through second semester, I had spoken with a senior who was also on um, bioengineering, and she just kept it real with me. She had just told me that when it comes to being an international student, it's really hard to get jobs when you graduate. She had told me that it was especially hard for her with the bioengineering major, and that she had to go to grad school. So she's currently pursuing her PhD at Rice. So that kind of just opened my eyes to potentially exploring other career opportunities that would give me a better shot. Career-wise, so I started looking through different majors, and I was looking through like the class requirements, and I was like, okay, so like which majors have the classes I like? Like, what do I think if I were to pursue this, what I would enjoy? And I started looking through the chemical engineering classes, and I just realized it had a lot of subjects that actually aligned with my interests. So that's kind of how I just went with that. You bring up a really good point about after graduation and employment and visa status and all of that playing a part, and sometimes making a decision in terms of what to major in or your education experience as well. Mm-hmm. So it seems like, in general, for you, you were just applying to schools almost around the world, and then you happen to just end up here in the United States. Is there a reason why it ended up out of all the options here? I think my mom definitely influenced my decision. She really wanted me to go to the U.S. for whatever reason. I think initially she had spoken about how she actually wanted to have me in the U.S., but some complications arose or something. I don't know. She just really wanted me to go to the U.S. But my, I would have said that I probably would have gone to either the U.K. or Canada. But I would say that Rice did give me like a really good offer that was very nice. So, and I've enjoyed my experience at Rice so far as well. I feel like a lot of international students 
I wouldn't say all of them, but sometimes I think the decision ends up being they're really looking into a wide variety of schools and sometimes in different countries and then they somehow end up here one way or another or they're like, oh, I really want to move to the United States because of X, Y, and Z. So I feel like it's very a broad spectrum of international students out there. For sure. I definitely think that most of the time international students are applying to multiple locations and just picking the best one that they feel would suit them the most. In your experience so far as a first-gen international student, how has the experience been for you? I would say that it's just definitely been difficult. It is very difficult as an international student just because you do have to know the visa regulations. For example, life would have been really different if I went to the UK because I wouldn't have had to worry about a lot of things I do worry about as an international student here. But I would say the biggest thing is adjusting. I definitely experienced culture shock coming here. If I were to give an incoming international freshman advice, it would be to get a mentor that can kind of guide you at least through your first year on just navigating the whole system. For example, like I got a job my freshman year, which actually helped me get a social security number. And I feel like that's just because I'm the type of person that I take initiative and I figure stuff out for myself. But I know that there are a lot of students that just don't know things. Another thing I would say is definitely ask for help. Don't try and do stuff on your own. Make sure you make connections, join clubs, make sure you put yourself out there, use all the resources at school. For example, like Rice has the CCD, they have the SSI, which is the Student Success Initiatives. Use all the resources because that's what you're paying your tuition for and you don't want it to go to waste. Another thing I would say is that I know that for a lot of international students, they definitely focus on their academics a lot. And I just think that is because a lot of the countries that we come from, academics are stressed. For example, my mom would always tell me, oh, you don't need friends, just study and you'll be good. I don't think that's the best advice. And I think that a lot of international cultures are similar to that. But Having a social life is very important. Life is just not only about academics. And friends can really serve as a support system throughout the whole process of adjusting to a new culture and experiencing culture shock. I feel like you bring up a really good point. It's more than what you really can learn in your classroom or through your assignment. But there are a lot of these other things, as you mentioned, like getting a job or finding a good support system and learning how to take care of yourself in the ways that's besides the boundaries of the classroom. You briefly mentioned the CCD. Would you mind telling the audience who doesn't go to Right. And maybe how your experience as an international student has been with CCD? So the CCD just basically stands for the Center for Career Development. So they will help you out with your resume. They will help you out with job applications. They will help you out with internship searches. Personally, I'm just starting to get into the CCD and looking to them for guidance and stuff. I mostly, throughout like my job application process, I've looked to peers that are like in a year above me or two years above me to look through my resume maybe like one struggle with the ccd when it comes to international students is just that i don't think they have a lot of international staff so i have learned a lot of things from experience not necessarily because i was told beforehand that's definitely why i stress getting a mentor like you definitely need an international student to be your mentor so they've definitely made mistakes and then they can tell you those mistakes because for sure ssi is there to help you out The CCD is there to help you out generally, but when it comes to niche-specific needs and maybe potential problems you may come across, another student is definitely probably the best resource. I can understand the logistics behind universities usually targeting whatever the majority student population demand is. And I feel like international student population in general, I think over decades have been growing, but still not in any sense the majority here. 
Yes, for sure. And they've been growing. And it would be nice if the staff could also represent those percentages. There was that CCD person or person in SSI that was international and could relate to the culture shock or could relate Mm. to some of the experiences international students may encounter throughout their journey starting college in the U.S. But I would say that that's definitely where having that mentor comes in. So that's very important. Yeah. In terms of your general degree plan then as a chemical engineer, has anything changed since COVID? So actually, I'm a junior. COVID happened spring semester of my sophomore year so I was enrolled in 18 credit hours spring and I stayed in all those credit hours since then I've just continued my degree plan some classes have shifted around but for the most part my degree plan is pretty set in stone I can't really change anything at this point how has that experience been for you the only classes I've really had to move around would be my specialization classes my core classes I have at least three chemical engineering classes a semester and those have not moved or changed at all so kind of how rice did it was if a class has more than 25 students they have to go remote and if it's under 25 then they can meet in person all my chemical engineering class i think there are about 28 of us in my whole year so about 28 juniors in the whole of rice studying chemical engineering so we're not a big class so we just went right over the 25 mark and our classes are online so we meet at our designated times online over zoom and those lectures are recorded and then they're uploaded onto canvas which is just the educational platform we use to submit homework and watch lectures and then if we need help we have office hours hosted via zoom as well i guess a lot of the things has moved to be less in contact in person overall for sure i would even say a lot of job positions are remote for example i'm a tech TA and that's just basically helping with the Zoom lectures. So a lot of things have become remote and it's created jobs on campus, but at the same time, it's made it very difficult for students to actually concentrate in class. I know most of my peers, we all, it's easy to get distracted when you're learning from home. When fall semester started of your junior year and the pandemic is still in full swing. How did your family or yourself feel about attending school, coming to Houston, back and forth? So overall, I definitely needed to come back to Houston and come back and be close to Rice so that I could get the help I needed, be in the same time zone as my peers. My family was definitely concerned just because of how the U.S. has been handling the current pandemic. For example, as soon as I got on the airport, I was already stuffed in those trains that take you from different terminals and you can kind of just tell that it's not being taken as seriously as it is in other countries so there is always that risk but for me personally I just cannot work at home it's very difficult the time zone difference is one factor another factor is having my family around telling me to do stuff and making noise and stuff so it just gets really difficult being able to concentrate and being successful in my classes. So I personally felt like it was the best decision for me, but my parents definitely did have reservations about everything. And now that you're already almost halfway through the fall semester, has your parents' opinion changed a little bit about you being here and then being back home and you continue your education here? Or are they still worried and concerned? I would say that I feel like I've proven myself capable and responsible. So they're not as concerned, especially since Rice has done definitely put in policies to ensure the safety of a campus. For example, we're all required 
under the culture of care act to actually get weekly COVID testing. So everybody's tested every week. And if a case arises, that person is immediately self-quarantined. So Rice is pretty meticulous about the safety of its students and also its faculty. I was wondering then, have you talked to maybe any of your peers, like international students or otherwise, about how they feel about students taking class over Zoom being in Houston versus maybe for some students being back home in another country or another state even? I think for most students, they just don't like being off campus. Just because of the pandemic, most of the campus got kicked off. So that's been an adjustment, especially for incoming freshmen who, as soon as they're starting college, they're already living OC by themselves on their own and potentially even in a new state. So that was definitely a big change for them. I would say some other concerns are not having the normal college lifestyle. So because of the pandemic, a lot of different sectors of the economy has actually been suffering. One of those sectors is deaf entertainments. For example, Willie's Pub couldn't host as many events because of social distancing regulations. So I'm sure people have lost jobs because of that. Coffee House wasn't open as much. Just a lot of things that affect the college experience. It's kind of depressing because students are just doing schoolwork. We don't have any breaks in between. So we've not had a break since Labor Day. And we're not going to have a break till the end of the semester. Yeah, it seems like COVID has been difficult for a lot of the students and honestly for almost everyone. You mentioning about how COVID has created some interesting new jobs like being the tech TA, but also has significantly in the negative way influenced some other jobs. Seems like it's almost reflecting what has been going on in the society at large. Do you think that maybe there are some extra challenges that international students, especially first-generation students, go through versus some domestic students, especially in terms of the pandemic? Probably just travel, because when the pandemic started, international students were actually faced with the decision of either having to stay in the U.S. or go back home. So I do have a lot of international friends that did end up staying, and they don't have family here. So they were here through the summer, through the semester, up until the semester started again on their own, basically providing for themselves in this foreign country with by then most people would have gone back home. So there were no peers around and like that support system wasn't there. So that's definitely like an extra hurdle international students had to go through. Other international students like myself actually went back home. So I went to Ireland over quarantine and I was with my family. However, that was also another difficult decision just because, for example, a lot of people who did go back were not allowed to come back into the U.S. And I'm actually lucky because when I booked my ticket and I was checking like flight regulations and stuff, some of the things that were up was like, for a long time, Europe was actually banned from coming into the U.S. Um, due to COVID. And it was literally like a week before my flight that they lifted the travel ban. And that was just for people holding visas for school. And that, that's not like people just holding regular tourist visas. So for some people, they were not as lucky. So they went back home. And their country never got taken off the list of countries allowed back in. And they were actually forced to spend the semester abroad 
in a different time zone, just like working remote with less resources. So I would say that's definitely a struggle. Those are the types of added things international students go through. Seems like travel regulations and health risks and response between different governments, which is all very much out of the student's control, I guess has been very significantly influencing some of the students' education experience here in the United States. For sure. There was that time that, remember, I don't know if it was a bill or a law that was passed saying that if your school is completely online and you're still in the U.S., you have to go back home. And basically, I think Harvard, MIT, and even Rice joined in on the fight to protect international students. But stuff like that is very scary. I know for people on the outside, it's just kind of like, oh, wow, that sucks. But for people actually living that, like imagine being in the U.S., and your country won't let you back in, but the U.S. also doesn't want you to stay. So it's just very complicated. International students definitely go through things on a different scale beyond what I would say the general student body understands or can even comprehend. I would even say that, for example, I'm also, as like a black minority student, I would say people in the black community don't even understand it. And you would expect them to have some sort of understanding, but it's all these things are very alien to them and they don't really understand the added struggles international students go through. And sometimes it feels the general student body doesn't really care for it, which is fine, but you know, it's hard. I cannot agree to your comment more than like what I already do because I think that was the exact same struggle that I went through when I was at Rice. I'm class of 16. It was an issue when I was there. It was an issue before I was there and it's an issue while you're there. But it's really interesting because on top of being a woman, on top of being black and on top of that, you're an immigrant in this country and there's definitely different sets of challenges that come with it that I honestly agree with you. The rest of the school just doesn't understand nor to an extent, sometimes I feel like they don't care. And it's almost like they love you as a friend, but the moment these things come up, and I don't 100% blame them because how can you care for something that you've never known your whole life? And I think those things are some things that some schools might hope consider yeah. because sometimes I feel like they just bring us over here, right? They, yeah. Oh, we admitted X amount of international students from X many different countries and it's great marketing. And then once you're there, that's it. For sure, I agree. For example, like I actually brought up the issue within a session. I think it was a session where like, minorities would speak to LeBron about some of the difficulties international students go through and being there I just realized there were no international students really don't have any representation at all and sometimes I definitely go through things and the crazy thing about it is we go through it in silence like we don't say a word yeah we don't like try to add which is I don't know why that is I don't know if it's because they mostly focus on their academics and not necessarily clubs. But one thing I brought up with Lebron was I actually got an interview with a really good company. And I don't want to say the company's name, but like a very top oil and gas company. And then I told them I was an international student. And then they took my interview back. And then I brought that up with Lebron. And I was like, this is what happened. And then Lebron was, oh, like, he needs to send out an apology to international students that, you know, he hasn't really been as present as he would like to be. But it just never happened. I never saw that apology email he was talking about. And international students are easy to ignore because there aren't a lot of us. We can complain, but it's easy to ignore us. And it's easy to just not care because... It doesn't affect your life. And I guess it's like out of sight, out of mind. Exactly. I didn't want to say that, but you're right. Like we need to speak up for ourselves. We're discriminated against. And when you look at a lot of these think tanks doing studies on immigration or other kinds of discrimination at large, the one thing that will Mm -hmm. negatively influence your employment status 
the most is actually your immigration yeah. status. It's almost 50% extra ding, more than your gender, your sexual orientation, even your race, right? Because that's such a hot topic right now and definitely deserves the attention that it's getting right now. But I feel like sometimes through my higher education experience, the international student population and I personally myself was getting the care and my voice was never heard. Yeah, I definitely think we are definitely that minority that is overlooked. I will use the Black community as an example. I admire a lot of the things they do. They definitely, when stuff happens, they speak out and they get stuff done. For example, with Black Lives Matter, they had that whole donation set up and they were moving quick they had the whole donation set up i think we raised over a hundred thousand dollars in under 24 hours of donations that's something the black community is very good at voicing out their opinions i also think that lgbtq community is extremely good at voicing out their opinions I national community is definitely more silent and we just kind of suffer in silence and i guess it's maybe because there aren't a lot of us it feels like there's no point i don't really know what it is even when we do try to speak out it's easy for us to be ignored because it is actually hard to be different you hang around with your peers and you like to pretend that y'all have similar experiences and everything is the same i will compare it to being the only black person in a group of white people it's easy to just ask everything is great you guys have similar experiences but at the end of the day over the summer when black lives matter happened you kind of do want to see your friends of other races advocating along and recognizing their privilege in certain areas and i would definitely liken it to that like i think with a lot of international students they don't want to feel like they're different i know of a couple international students from europe who they easily blend in it's not obvious that they're international but at the end of the day they experience the same problems with getting jobs after graduation and you want to be the same but at what cost it's almost the concept of passing right you know you may say hey yes i've assimilated here 100 but you are still going to go through the experience of being an international student for your visa status or cultural differences or what have you exactly look when you apply to jobs they're still going to ask you if you need a visa if you would ever need to be sponsored you're still not going to be able to vote you're not going to be able to participate in politics and that part i definitely understand okay like that's not what i'm advocating for but it's just those small differences between your experiences versus their experience in a sense so i think the way forward for international students would be to speak up have these difficult conversations with their friends and you have to be confident in it like can't be ashamed that oh my god the u.s is gonna kick me out they don't want me to stay here or work here having those difficult conversations and just making people aware of what's going on because i'm sure a lot of our american peers are just not aware that that's how it works i'm sure a lot of them do not know that companies will flat out discriminate against whether or not you need a visa sponsorship or not and the truth of the matter is that the problem can never be fixed if people don't recognize that there's a problem in the first and as someone who's been out of school for a little bit it's interesting because some of my friends think that oh hey yeah you've been here for eight years so now you're a green card holder right or now you're a citizen, right? And and there is this severe gap in their knowledge about how their country's immigration system works. And I don't blame them for not knowing because honestly, I'm from South Korea and how much do I know about South Korea's immigration system? Not much. But at the same time, it is definitely a privilege that you can walk around and 
be fine with not knowing. Right. I think another thing is the concept of protected classes. So every time you would apply for an internship, now that you're a junior, especially, or a job, all of them in the application form will say that we don't discriminate based on somebody's gender, religious beliefs, race, etc., etc. Part of the protected classes is definitely nationality, but still they get to ask you the question of, would you at any given point need visa sponsorship? Which almost immediately is asking me, are you a US citizen or not? And some companies definitely do just straight up ask you as well. And I do understand that logistically, yes, you would need to know before hiring someone, but also brings up a lot of questions in my mind. I definitely agree. Companies definitely take that into account when they're in the hiring process. But another thing to consider is just that I think part of the issue is the government does make it very hard for companies to hire international students. It's a systematical issue. And it can only really be solved when universities start to advocate for their international students. Because at the end of the day, it is universities that are bringing them over and promising them all these opportunities with going to their institutions. Like in accordance with their promises, they should deliver and should have those resources for international students to be able to at least get career opportunities. For example, for me, even if I do go back to my country, when I graduate, I still need work experience and university cities just need to be more present with their international population. It's a lot of gray areas that international students need to navigate related to their visa status and it's not just an issue of legality but it actually permeates through other areas of your life as well you getting an internship and later on being able to use that for your career opportunity here in the united states or back home or you Mm -hmm. getting a social security number because you got a job and most other students obviously has those or you know even getting a driver's license in this country as an international student is a completely different process than what the rest of the student population would have to go through and maybe bringing it back a little bit to covid what are your thoughts on and especially now that you're a of getting an internship during this COVID environment where there has been some changes with work visas and other immigration law-related items. I think something happened recently where the legal system updated some information on visa regulations where actually for smaller companies, they can't sponsor a work visa for longer than one year. So that's definitely going to affect a lot of people. Me personally, with COVID, the oil and gas industry has been hit extremely hard. There are definitely not as many internship opportunities out there. So I personally have to venture out into other aspects of engineering just to make sure I do get that work experience that I need to advance my career. And I'm sure that's how it is for a lot of people where just like finding an internship in general is tight. Like I know rice people who graduated in May of 2020 and they graduated expecting to start their job and then their jobs had to lay them off and they graduated without a job. I know people who weren't able to get a job until like two weeks ago. So even from a university as prestigious as Rice, people are still having difficulties because of COVID. And this is happening to even domestic students, not even just international students, which has definitely made me question recently how much influence going to a prestigious university has on your career opportunities. Yeah, I feel like this pandemic has made it difficult for students coming straight out of college looking for internships to people who are experienced hires and who have been working in corporate America or any other field for three, five, ten, however many years. For sure, I definitely agree. Do you have anything that you wish you knew about being a first-generation international student in the United States before you started your education here? So just make sure you make friends outside of classes. I definitely experienced culture shock just because I didn't know how people operate. It took me a while to understand the culture, so that made me extremely shy. 
And I think it's perfectly fine to be shy. You just have to do stuff at your own pace. Try and I would say dare yourself to do one thing out of character every day until you get comfortable with the culture and feel comfortable around people. Thank you for sharing those advice, Tona. I feel those really resonate a lot with my experience when I was an undergraduate student as well. And I feel those words of wisdom should apply to students coming in in the future, going through the experience just like you right now, or even for people who have been out of school and working now as well. Do you have any final comments that you'd like to make or anything that you'd like to share with us? Oh, guys. Okay, yeah. I have a YouTube channel. So if you would like to follow my journey at Rice as an international student, just like becoming an adult, growing up, living in Houston, living on my own, make sure to check out my YouTube channel. My YouTube channel name is Tono Akerele. So that is spelled T-O-N-A space A-K-E-R-E-L-E and make sure to subscribe and support. In this episode, we talked about some of the challenges and unique experiences international first-generation students go through, especially in light of the recent COVID-19 pandemic. Besides getting used to hybrid or online classes, Mario and Tona are expecting issues with international travel, discussing any potential changes with their educational plans due to the pandemic with their families, and navigating shifting international relations between U.S. and other countries. However, with proactive communication and focusing on their educational goals, they're maneuvering through these unusual times with grace. Hopefully, their stories are relatable reminders that there are others who are going through similar experiences as you and that we'll overcome these challenges together. Thanks again to our speakers and thank you for tuning in today on How to College for First Gen. As always, you can find us online at howtocollegefirstgen.org. If you have any questions or feedback as you want to hear what you think, what you're struggling with, and how we can help. If you prefer to reach us on social media, you can find us at How to College First Gen on Instagram and Facebook and HTC First Gen on Twitter. Remember, you're not alone in this journey. Until next time. <laughs>